What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had our very first installation of the Two White Lights March Madness. If you do not follow us on Instagram, one, shame on you, and two, you will see that we ranked the 32 best males and 32 best females from USAPL Raw Nationals in the year 2021. And this is our very first installation of that first round from the stoic region and notorious lift region we did not get to the left floor bros and project strength region because we do not want to make a four-hour episode and when we discuss the matchups me and steve talk about them in depth now the episode is going to explain the rules or criteria of how we rank people the criteria of what we do to select winners so i won't get into all that now this is just an episode where we break down the matchups from the first round from the Stoic Region Torius Lifter. You're gonna really fun episode. Talk about a lot of those matchups and the lifters in those matchups in great detail. Really fun. There were some upsets. There were some contentious debates between Steve and I, and really, you know, a lot of disagreements with the fans, with the fans' votes, because the fan had a vote in that as well. So really fun episode. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about some of the sponsors. Who are sponsoring this unofficial Two White Lights Powerlifting March Madness. First one, Left Floor Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftfloorbros.com and get yourself some merch. Make sure you're following them on Instagram. Because if you follow them on Instagram, if you follow Left Floor Bros, you will see the designs. The Left Floor family growing. People are in the gear. And the reason why they're in the gear, because they love it. The merchandise is awesome. I love the designs. All the designs are relating to strength sports in some way. It is a company dedicated to powerlifting, and I cannot help to get on board with that. And go to leftfloorbros.com and check out the merch that they have. They have merch. They have endless merch that are going to make you look great. Use that promo code 2WL15 to get 15% off of your order on anything. I'm decked out in... I don't even think this is released yet. We got a little new logo uh, from Leflar Bros, and it fits great. It looks beautiful. I got a lot of compliments already on that at the gym today. Use promo code 2 15 and you can get 15% off of any order. Also, they have two White Lights merch on Leflar Bros. So remember, you don't get Lefla- you don't get two White Lights merch on 2WhiteLights.com. It's exclusively on Leflar Bros. And again, use that promo code 2 15 and you get 15% off of the dad hat, the two shirts we have from Two White Lights. Make sure you are using that code. Also, go to Rivalus.net. Unfortunately, they are not sponsoring any of the brackets in the regions, but you should go to Rivalus.net because they have Informed Choice supplements. Informed Choice are impor- Informed Choice is important for USAPL lifters because you don't want to break a drug test. You want to make sure your supplements you are taking are good to go, and that little label, that Informed Choice label, is important. Use Promo code ANGELO15 to get 15% off of your informed choice supplements, pre-workout proteins, branched-chain amino acids. They got you covered. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. We talk about the region today. Get some stoic gear. I love stoic gear. I only wear stoic gear in the gym and the platform. That's the only gear I have. The knee sleeves, the singlets, the wrist wraps. I love stoic gear. They... Got you covered with the white label, the green label, the original, the black label as well. Use promo code ANGELO10 to get 10% off of your order. Use that promo code ANGELO10 to get yourself 10% off of all Stoic gear. Also, 
Make sure you are following Notorious Lift on Instagram. Sign up for that newsletter and make sure you are getting on those drops. Remember, Notorious Lift does not just have all these amazing no-slip grip deadlift slippers just available on the site that you can buy whenever you want. You have to look out for those drops and trust me, you will regret it if you don't because you're going to find a design that makes you look good and I'm telling you, when you look good, your deadlift improves. You want to deadlift something and look good doing it. That's like 90% of the deadlift is looking good while doing it and no slip drip Notorious Lift Slippers have got you covered on that because they have a design that's going to either match your gym attire or your platform attire or both. I have so many pairs of slippers, I'm always going to be matching. And that's that's big for me. I'm very vain. So remember, go to Notorious Lift, follow them on Instagram, sign up for their newsletter, make sure you are on that drop. Also, make sure you are subscribing on Spotify and you are leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Our Apple Podcasts, I keep on saying iTunes, it's technically not on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, five-star rating, leave a review, say something nice in the reviews. Remember, we're at times a pro-negativity podcast, but we're pro-positivity in the reviews. So make sure you are doing that. Remember, follow on Spotify, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. And without further ado, here it is, two white Lights, March Madness, baby! March 18th, and Mr. Steve DeNovi, it's March Madness time. It is, but a different kind of March Madness. Well, it's March Madness for both. We got college basketball, which I'm very much looking forward to, and we got two white lights, March Madness. We posted on Instagram, and unfortunately, we didn't do a Selection Sunday type of thing. This might be an idea for next year, but... We have our selection show, our picks show, based on the top 64 lifters in the USAPL, 32 men, 32 women, in four separate brackets, and we are going to have our own little fans choice and two white lights choice, March Madness. I'm really excited about this, man. Yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, this is going to span over, I think, six or seven weeks, breaking down all these lifters, having some great discussions, highlighting them, because that's one of the things, too, we're doing here. We're not just trying to, like, pick winners and losers. There's not really any losers, because if you're on this bracket, you're one of the 32 best men or women. Um, there are a lot of people sign up for nationals that are not on this. Um, we wanted to do this to highlight the best lifters, um, give them their say, um, even if they aren't going to advance to the final four and, and be the possible champion. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun and, and bring a lot of discussion. Yeah, I'm really excited that, about that. And you said something important there, spotlight lifters. Um, all these lifters are fantastic. And there's a lot of lifters who I think were bubble lifters, who could have been on the list, who just missed the cut. Um, Bob Matthews was one of them. If you guys look at the two white lights brackets, I, uh, I'm i like, all right, he's one of the guys who could have been in the top 32 in men's side. Charlie Yang? 59 kg national champion 
He's moving up to 66 kilos. He was one of my bubble lifters. Derek Dowry's another one on the female side. You got uh, you got a few there who people just assume they compete at Raw Nationals. So it's spotlighting the lifters. There's a lot of lifters you can get on who are fantastic lifters, but these are the best 64 uh, kilo raw lifters uh, going into Raw Nationals this year. Yeah. So kind of breaking down how we did this. So first, how did we get these lifters? Um, the actual bracket is not our opinion. This is objective based off of good lift score. Um, yep. So all I did was I went in and I found based on who is actually signed up for Raw Nationals, because there are some people, I know we talked about Celine Crum, Jordan Pantone. Some people are not signed up for Raw Nationals. Yeah. So therefore they're not a part of this because we're looking at who is the best lifter going into Raw Nationals this year. So uh, basically these are ranked out um, based off of good lift points. And we'll talk about as we get there. Some people are biased more heavily on good lift score and some are like, kind of getting the shaft on it and they're getting a lower seating. So we have some interesting matchups because of that. Um, but then from there, that's where we've got um, the opinion discussion, fan voting that comes into play. So um, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you already voted, but basically what's going to happen each round, um, round of 64, round of 32 and so on going down to the finals is there's going to be a fan vote that gets one vote. And then live during our discussion, um, on each of these podcasts for each round, Angela is going to get a vote and I am going to get a vote. So there's going to be a three, total of three votes um, mm-hmm. to determine these winners. We want everyone to have a say. That's why we have the fan vote. But we also want to make sure it's not just a popularity contest. Um, we have, we're have we going to have a lot of deep discussion on these for the reasons why um, that goes beyond who has a bunch of Instagram followers and instead is like, who is the best lifter? Like, and, and within that, kind of describing kind of some of the guidelines we're going through. So if we're looking at best lifters some things we're looking at um, is recency takes precedence. This is not who is the best lifter in the totality of their career. If so, David Ricks might beat Russell Lorty. Mm-hmm. But we're not looking at that. We are looking at who is the best lifter at 2021 Raw Nationals based on our predictions. We're obviously yeah. going to find out once Nationals happens. But our goal here is who do we think is the best lifter at 2021 Raw Nats? Not 2019 Raw Nats, not who was the best in 2020. Based on everything we know, who's going to be the best in 2021? That's our goal here. So um, there's a lot of things that go into account for that. There's recency bias of current meets. There's people who have competed more recently, so we have better data. There's some people who don't post their lists, so we don't really know what's going on too much. We can only kind of take guesses on that. Um, As well as there's injuries. There's one lifter we're going to talk about eventually on the female side that um, is – injured currently she very well could be uh uh, going very far in this bracket but due to injury it's going to be hard to advance because we can't we might not see her as being one of the best lifters of 2021 because she just can't lift at full capacity so um some other things kind of looking at it um i mean things like meet the execution and performance on the big stage matters i mean Mm -hmm. there's some lifters that have a lot of experience performing in prime time, performing in IPF worlds. And so even if another lifter might have a slightly higher total or uh, we got to take that into account and we will take into account, we're going to talk about some, some, some matchups that are really close that we really can't decide. And probably kind of where we're looking at there is we'll kind of think of tiebreakers of kind of like looking back to 2019, looking back to 2020, looking at world championships, looking at past placing is kind of like a little bit of a tiebreaker when we can't decide. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah. I know there's a couple things I had in my head. Maybe you can point out a couple more things. Um, I might chime in. I know there's one more thing I want to talk about. And I forgot about what it was for kind of criteria, but that kind of lays it out of kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, and also on top of that, this is this is pretty much a sports roundtable discussion. So opinions, just gut feelings and opinions are going to be broadcasted on this. 
So it wouldn't be sports media without knee-jerk reactions and gut feelings, right? So <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna. I don't know about you because you're more of the analytical guy based on. I'm more of the emotional based on all or make all reactions based on instinct kind of guy. So that that uh, I, I'm that's gonna definitely make its way into my opinions as well. So yeah. and I remember the one thing I forgot to mention is that good lift score determined these rankings. But for the most part, I don't think we'll take that into a ton of account since that's kind of biased for certain weight classes. A lot of what we're going to be looking at is competitiveness in their own weight class and what they're looking at placing at 2021 Raw Nationals. And also the competitiveness of their weight class matters. Like there's some weight classes that are a lot more stacked. Placing second in a certain weight class where there's 10 people who are all battling for top positions means a bit more than a weight class that's kind of not really as competitive. Mm-hmm. So that's going to kind of take, take into account. And like I said, these are opinions. Um, we've even discussed prior to this episode. Um, we're going to have some disagreement almost on purpose sometimes, because we want to have some good back and forth here. So like if, if just because Angela says one thing and I say another, doesn't mean we dislike one certain lifter. No, we're, we're trying to have some discussion here to be able to kind of go back and forth. So it's fun so that we always at least have kind of one person arguing for, for another lifter when it's close. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, of course, like every single one of these lifters are fantastic. I respect a lot of them. I mean, I respect all of them who are mentioned in this. It's just we want to make sure the best people get through. So we might get some contentious debates between Steve and I because I already. I mean, we're gonna. I, I I love you guys. I love the two white lights listeners, but I disagree with some of your votes on uh, some of the the matchups and comparisons here. So. Um, I'm disagreeing with the fans a lot of time. My, the people who I love the most, the two white lights listeners. So um, that that's going to happen as well when we're doing this. But we want to make sure the, uh, in our opinions, who the the best lifter is get through. So we got the four brackets. We got the stoic region. We have the notorious lift region for females. So stoic for males. Uh, Notorious Lift for Females. We are going to cover that today. And then next episode is going to be the Leflar Bros region and the Project Strength region. That's like a little sponsorship announcement right there. So you got you got two you got two in one there. You got the, the region and the sponsorship announcement. But let's do it. Let's kick it off with uh, the greatest gear brand of all time, Stoic, and their first matchup. Seated number one, Reckett Rouska, Ashton Rouska first, Eric Lapointe, who is ranked 16th. Uh, we apologize, Eric. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just straight up, the fact is some of these rankings didn't help some lifters. Eric is a great lifter, but I think almost there's probably only a couple lifters on here that could be matched up against Ashton and really kind of have much of an argument against them. Yes, you're talking about the... Number one ranked lifter on good lift points, turning himself into one of the best lifters of our of all time, one of the best lifters in our sport currently. Um, yeah, he gets that one one seed. He's probably the hottest lifter right now too, as far as just getting himself in the rankings and progressing is progressing so nicely. Eric Lapointe, I think, I think if this was last year or a few year, few, few years back, Eric's not on this bracket. So he's made some tremendous improvements, and that deadlift keeps improving and keeps looking better. The dude might 
deadlift 727 next meet. Yeah. Well, fun, fun facts here. So one, he is looking very much like he's cones the current American record. Yes. Uh, a 716. I believe that would be the unofficial world record. It, it would be the world record if IPF wins this lawsuit. I actually coached the guy that's going to go head toe to toe with him. That's going to be fun. So a little yeah. shout out, Eric, if you're listening, Chris, yep, we're coming for you. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a fun little battle because Chris is actually switching federations so he can be in an IPF fed. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eric, I mean, he, he, he's the 16th seed. I think we know where this is going with who's going to win this, but Eric is going to have is he's going to put on a show because yeah. he's going to probably walk away with an American record and unofficial world record deadlift. Um, he's going to be pulling last in that flight, um, so um, he's going to be a very very fun lifter to watch. Um, and looking at it, I mean, he's very competitive in the seventy fours. It's just the fact that the seventy fours is stacked as well, though. Yeah, it's, very. It is a very stacked division um, in the seventy fours, and so he'll be looking at possible top five placing in that. Um, but for sure, he's going to be looking at an amazing deadlift come meet day. Yeah, with the progress he's been having lately and being healthy. I think the biggest thing is he's been healthy lately. Like you said, we might not be talking about him if this was two years ago. He's he's last since. Last year in particular, he really got on a good kick of being healthy and, and progressing very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, there's, I mean, I always got to show love for my deadlift specialist brethren. So, Eric, uh, I don't know, I don't know your pain. You know, there's no shame in losing to Ashton Roska on fan voting. I think Ashton got around ninety percent of the voting. Uh, Steve's pick, I'm assuming, is going to be Ashton. My pick is definitely going to be uh, Ashton as well, and. You know, what you said about Eric is absolutely true, stack 74 kg division, but you're looking at Ashton Roska, who is, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion, the definite favorite for 105s, and that is also a it's, it's a top-heavy division, but very stacked as well, and we're possibly talking about the best overall lifter in the IPF and USAPL with Ash. So, moving on to the next round, Ashton Roska, the number one seed. The second matchup here. We have the eight and nine seeds, L.S. McLean and Delaney Wallace, and we're already going to get contentious because I'm going to call out the two white lights voter. It should not have been 70-30 L.S. McLean. Delaney Wallace, I think, is getting that true underrated label because he does not get the respect he deserves. And... I honestly believe come 2021 Raw Nationals, he has a great chance of going in th- uh, of being third and potentially outranking LS McLean in their respective weight classes. I I truly believe that Delaney is well on his way of being not only better than LS McLean, but one of the premier lifters in the USAPL. So I I disagree like that that's that to me is where the popularity con- contest comes in and that's why we do the opinionated parts from you and I because I totally disagree I understand if you have a vote for LS not you know negating your vote at all but 70-30 that means you guys just don't know Delaney and if you don't know Delaney you're missing out because Delaney's a fucking beast Yeah I mean I'm going to put a hot take in here I'm going to talk right to the host who's going to be competing as Delaney if I had this is tough if I had, if if you told me you have to put your money on someone who's going to join Russ and Sean, it probably is Delaney. You son of a bitch. He's the most well-rounded. Sure. Yes. He has a good squat. He has a good bench and he has a good deadlift. Now your squats on the come up, yeah. but it's going to be tough. I mean, all you, Jamar, Delaney, and, uh, Jimmy Villanueva, all, all these people are on the come up. If I, if, if you, if you held a gun to my head and said, who is 
the heir apparent to join Russ and Sean, I would put my money on Delaney because of how well-rounded he is and how new he is to the sport. He is very new to this. I think yeah. he just, cause he was on your show. I think he just like, he, he played some sports. He just got into powerlifting. He's progressing at an insane rate. Mm-hmm. Had his coming out party last year at the Arnold. Has only been progressing more since. And the reason people don't know about him is because he doesn't post much. He just yeah. recently started posting more and seemingly making amazing progress in training. But, mm-hmm. but, LS is going back to 93. And this is, this is where my vote changes. If LS is staying at 105 like he has been, my vote is for Delaney. And the reason why is because, like we said, our, our, our goal, our, we're looking at not just who is what your past performance is. LS is multi-time world champion. It's not about what you did in the past. It's about what you're going to do at 2021 Raw Nationals. And it's what you are going to do within your weight class. That's one of my biggest things I'm looking at is how competitive are you within your weight class. LS at 105 was not uh, going to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. I think he was, well, he was still 93 in 2019. He got third in 2019, I believe, in the 93 no, kilo fourth. class. I, think he got third right now. I thought Kyle third got third. Fourth. fourth behind Kyle Power. Yeah, maybe. Kyle got third. Yeah. Okay. If LS was at 105, it's a no-brainer Delaney. Um, but since LS is going 93, and it's a big question mark on what happens, but I don't think we can ever argue against LS. LS has showed up year in and year out. And it's performed. If this is 2022, I think we're talking something different because I think we're seeing Delaney take it to another level. But my votes for LS, because if I'm looking at it, I look at Delaney right now as his high end is third right now at Raw Nationals. He's probably not challenging um, Russ and Sean quite yet. And even third, though, he's going to be in a heated battle with you and uh, John Gruden and uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Jamar. Those, I mean, you yeah, th- well, you th- and then you got to throw in Ed Taylor in the, in the mix too. Oh yeah, Ed Taylor too. Because he there's totaled the same. They both totaled 790 at their most recent meet. So to back to your argument, yeah. 83 is going to be ridiculous for that third place. <laughs> I look at the top end, Delaney is third. If the meet doesn't go well and everyone else does great, Delaney could be anywhere between three and seven-ish I look at. I, I think yeah. he's more towards the three or four, but it could be possible down to seven. LS, I'm looking at the 93 signed up. Um, I'm looking at three to five is kind of where I'm looking at. Okay. Um, with the assumption we're going to get to in a little bit with the assumption, Charlie Dixon is, has a higher qualifying total, but I'm not sure Charlie is bringing in that same total again. He hasn't, his training hasn't been the same. So if I'm looking at, at uh, LS, I'm really looking at the fact that his top end is third, his bottom end's fifth. And that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's it, I look at him as kind of the lower, the lower floor. So, and it goes back to tiebreaker. This one was too hard for me to decide. I can't even argue against Delaney. I could very easily have voted for Delaney. So since I'm torn and I can't decide either, or that's where I go back to past performances, LS multi-time world champion fourth at raw nationals in 2019. So because of that, he's going to get my check mark for the vote here. Yeah. And again, I, I mean, I, I, I get, I could find the, the, I could find maybe some counter arguments to that because Delaney had himself a fantastic meet at 2019 Raw Nationals. That should have been his come out party, but he wasn't in prime time. He was in the regular session, but he did so well in the regular session that he jumped into top 10. I think he was sixth. So that I think helps him over there. But I, I think if I just see Delaney and say he totaled something nutty, like, or something good, like 810 or something, 
not that would be you know a little bit low. John Hack's best total in the USAPL. If he totals something like that, and he finishes fourth, say, does that mean he's a better lifter or worse lifter than LS McLean? To me, I, I feel like he's still the better lifter there and still one of the top lifters in the USAPL at that mm-hmm. time. So with that, I say because so like so little people have totaled 800 in the USAPL. I I give my nod to Delaney, and I'm I I think I'm holding more value in just the most recent things that we've seen from Delaney. He hasn't competed in a while, but his last meet was 790 at the Arnold. He came out of nowhere and sh- shocked a lot of people there. And I could only I could only assume he's going to make more progress. And based on his training, he has made more progress. But really, no matter what I say here, well, you're, making me, you're making me think. This is why we're doing this live on air. Yeah. Because you're right about something. I think 810 is a very realistic total for Delaney based off his current training. I'm looking at LS, and he's probably totaling 820 to 825 at a weight class higher. Can I can I call LS the better lifter when he can when he's only totaling 10 to 15 more kilos at a higher weight class? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say, and that's that's what I'm looking based on performance wise because. I think Delaney's good for a ten. I, I mean, it, it, it is right. assuming it at that point, right? All right, you have made me change my vote. I am sorry, LS. LS is one of the goats of all time. He is probably the nicest dude on this planet. And if we we're doing power rankings of who do you want to be in the warm up room with, it would be LS because that dude's got his his boombox and he is just vibing. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I think 810 is very realistic for Delaney, and I think 820 to 825 for LS. And if that's the case, comparatively, I think Delaney takes it. Well, you're welcome, Delaney. My argument skills just got you uh, not a first round knockout there. But I mean, I, I love your arguments for LS, and it was, it was, I think, I mean, just like college basketball, right? This is what we're doing off of eight and nine is usually the most, it's most contentious. It's supposed to be the it's supposed to be the closest game. It's hard to decide between the two. It's often a 50-50 matchup. This maybe one other in the men's side was the closest 50-50 matchup that I had. Like yeah. I really couldn't decide. There was a, a few other ones we're gonna get to them soon. But this was the one I had such an issue with because Ellis McLean has the accolades. He 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 has a massive total and he is very good in the 93s. But I just look at Delaney with the progress that he's making. I can't honestly say that LS at Raw Nationals is going to be a better lifter than Delaney Wallace. I just can't say it. Yep. And that's the big key here because hopefully people who are going to comment about this listen to this and aren't just going to see that Delaney wins and have an uproar. It's oh, who's that's going to be the best of 2020. That's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the first thing going to happen. People are probably going to be pissed about this and they're going to have, they're going to have, selection bias and not listen to anything that was yeah. actually said here and and you know what i say to this, them? this is the epitome of a matchup where we're talking about who is the best lifter at 2021 raw nationals not the best lifter of all time because if it's the best lifter of all time ls may even be ashton right now ashton's yeah. won one national oh, yeah. championship and that's it yeah living ls is multi-time world champion literally ls would probably be going to ls is a, ls is a legend he is an yes. absolute legend when he was on the show i'm like you are he you have to consider yourself a legend, and he is. Just our opinionated takes on twenty twenty one. I see LS winning, and I'm not. I see Delaney winning 
Um, just as far as, you know, a better overall lifter, he's probably going to jump up the rankings, getting help by good lift points. But even with more impressive performance, I still think Delaney takes it. Because if you total something like 810, we're, we're talking about, which right now is training total, I think is well over that. But we're talking about a total that not like four other people or three other people have accomplished in the USAPL. And those other people are the best 83s of all time. Yeah. I mean, John Hack went 813. That was the American record total for a long time. Yeah. And Delaney might be going over 813. Yeah. And I, I might be going. And we're, I'm giving a conservative number. I was having a discussion about this today where I, I say on a bad day, I think Russ and Sean could probably get, you know, 825 to 835 on a bad day where things don't go according to plan. I could easily see Delaney and a few other guys going over 815 or 820. Just yeah. based on what I look at now, and that's incredible. So I'm giving him a conservative 810, a, a great number, but can he go above that? Absolutely. I have, I have a full confidence in him, and just based on what I see, I I have to give the nod to Delaney on that one. All right. So I think upset there. Upset not only from the rankings, but upset in the sense of the fan vote. This is not going to be expected. Delaney Wallace taking round one over L.S. McLean. Yeah, and if you want to talk about contentious, here's the next one. Yes. <laughs> We got uh, we got Connor Borkert first Jamar Royster. So yeah. for this, this is one, another one. This was this was probably the one that I thought got. Uh, there's some on the women's side too. This got very much on a popular vote. Yes, because not off of if this was performance, this should have been a very close vote. Yeah, and you know what? I guess I think it was a little bit closer than I expected because uh, Jamar Royster was ranked 12th into this. So that kind of gives you the indication who the favorite is, and that's Connor. And Jamar Royster, extremely popular uh, lifter, much more popular than Connor Borkert uh, as far as, you know, the social media aspect of it. Um, But based on performance, there's a reason why Jamar's ranked 12th and Connor's ranked 5th. And it was much closer. I think I had it at, uh, I think it was 45%. If I'm going to look at the poll again, I think it was 45% or 41% for Borkert. I was actually expect- expecting something like 65% for Jamar because I know how Instagram works. And I know his fan base and also a deserving fan base. Jamar is just an awesome guy and a very likable lifter. But, all right, so what, what do you say? Because you're saying it's it's more of the popular vote and it should have been a little bit more uh, of an increased lead for Connor. So what's your take yeah. on that? So um, I'll just call off my vote already. I, nothing against Jamar. Jamar is a phenomenal lifter, but I don't think people get how good Connor is. Yeah. And my vote's for Connor. If Keiko didn't just compete, we may be talking right and seeing what Keiko did. And it was unreal. If we didn't see that from Keiko, we may be talking about Connor being able to beat Keiko. And it still could happen. I mean, Connor just hit, I think it was 860-something, 862 or something um, at his last meet, and he had more in the tank on that. Um, He has, I think he now has the best, uh, actually Cameron Smith is on the come up with Cameron Smith competing. Um, But Connor's up there with bench press. He's got one of the best benches. He's got one of the best squats. His deadlift somehow for a guy with T-Rex arms is still amazing. He has to have the best deadlifts in the world based off of arm leverage because that's unreal. Connor, if Keiko doesn't show up and has some slip-ups, Connor can beat him. Mm -hmm. Um, Connor might be going 
I, I could see Connor with the progression he's been having going 880, which was Ashton's uh, American record total until Keiko just beat it. Connor legitimately is not just one of the best in the USAPL for his weight class. He, he'd probably be getting second at Worlds if he went there. Jamar is great, and Jamar's had some phenomenal progress lately with under Marcellus. Um, but a couple things with Jamar is I, I, he does cut a lot, and I don't think he he's him and Marcellus both say what he's doing in the gym is not what they expect to do on the platform. Yeah, I think he just hit what seven sixty. I don't think they expect to hit seven sixty on the platform. Maybe somewhere more around like seven twenty ish on squat. And if you do that, he's very competitive, but you're looking in like that 800 to 810 range, and which is very respectable. But this isn't like Delaney 810 versus LS 820. This is Jamar 810 versus Connor 870 to 880. Yeah. And being definitely him and Gavin Aiden are the probably the favorites to get second to Keiko now. But Connor's probably the, the leader in that. And Connor's the one that, Either he could possibly challenge Keiko this year, or he is well on track to challenge Keiko in the future. So my vote's for Connor. I think he is one of the most underrated lifters in the USAPL because he's a quiet guy. He doesn't do, he does the Borkert angle, AKA the coach angle on squats. So it doesn't look cool on Instagram. You just see his beautiful side view. But um, I mean, he's world champion in 2019 for juniors. Um, Yeah, I'm going Connor. Yeah, excellent case for Connor there, and I would have to agree with you. My vote's for Connor as well, and with Jamar's case, the only thing I can really go off of is his 2019 performance at Raw Nationals where he's able to take third, but still when we take into consideration 2019 Raw Nationals, it was a while ago. It was two years ago, and that total doesn't exactly hold up now. Now, do I believe he can beat that total? Absolutely. He could demolish that. I think it was... Off the top of my head, I think it was 782, um, that total at Raw Nationals. It was over 780, I believe. He can demolish that. But all I have to my disposal is his potential of progressing that total. Nothing recent tells me that he's a better lifter than Connor, And that's what I need right now. That's what I need in order to change my vote for Jamar. Is something recent done on the platform where he is a better lifter than Connor, and I don't have that. Uh, his recent performance at the Arnold, I believe he was, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of the injury bug, the weight cut affected him a little bit, and he regressed since the since Nationals, so that hurts him in the long run. But even with that, because it, it, when we make the comparison with Delaney, Delaney totaled 790 his recent meet, and that was the same weekend that Jamar competed, and he didn't do as well. So. Even I, I even think with 790, if say if Jamar total 790, I just think Connor is so underrated and so undervalued that you can't really vote against Connor in this situation. And he took that fifth spot in the uh, the two white lights inaugural power ranking. So yeah. he and I mean that was a time where Keiko wasn't competing, which I you know based on Keiko's most recent performance, I think. Keiko gets to jump there, but yeah, Connor is, you're talking about one of the, one of the true better lifters in the USAPL. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying this throughout all of 2020. He's the heir apparent to the 93 throne. Um, Keiko is still great and Keiko is holding it for now, but Connor's going to be, I mean, Connor's put on a hundred pounds on his total every year for three years now, if yeah. not more. Um, he is a young, he's only 22. He is progressing very fast. Um, Jamar obviously has had a big uptick in his training lately and he's making a lot of noise because that squat is absolutely insane. Um, the only issue is that 
this is like, let's say we had a head to head matchup and they're in the, in the same weight class. We could see it because Jamar might be 93 at some point. Jamar is going to have a big lead on squat, but with Connor's bench and Connor's deadlift, he's going to be able to make up on his subtotal and then deadlift over what Jamar can do if they were going head to head in some manner and in some hypothetical situation. So, um, but again, going back to weight class, I look at how they're going to compete. I look at Connor. His ceiling is one. He could plausibly win it. His floor is third. Um, Jamar's ceiling is probably third. His floor is seventh based on how he does. So again, I'm looking at comparison. The 93 and the 83 are very stacked weight classes. So we can't down tick either for not being super competitive. So if we're looking at placing within that, um, I'm just going to have to go with Connor here. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, Jamar is going to come away with, he's going to be a big highlight of nationals because we're, we're all assuming he's going to bring a big squat and he might out squat Russ. Yeah. Um, and if he does that, um, that's going to walk, even if he doesn't finish first or second in the 83, um, he's going to walk away with a lot of eyes on him because of that squat, because it's absolutely amazing. And the great thing is he's also making good improvements now with his bench and his deadlift. He's kind of the opposite of you. Yeah. Um, kind of you're, you're now catching up your bench and your squat to your deadlift. He's now catching up his, his squat and, or his bench and his deadlift to his squat, even though both of you, you might just need to match him. What you went 750 yesterday. You just need to go 760 to match his deadlift. Yeah. Or is it, yeah, to match his squat there, but yeah. Or match his squat with yeah. your, with your deadlift. Yeah. Just going the opposites. Yeah, pretty much. And I think also, I think just the erraticness in some of his competitions, I mean, hurts him in this situation again, because we know with that weight cut, uh, it does affect him. It does affect him based on his performance. And we always see something a little higher in the gym than we see on the platform. Um, so we don't know what it's going to, it's been a long time since he's actually made that weight cut since then. But I even think you could put a lot of guys in this situation. You could put Delaney Wallace, even in a situation you could put Ed Taylor or any other 83 in a situation. You could put me in there. I'll be like, no, I think Connor is a much better lifter than me. And I think his numbers show that. So yeah, I'm in agreement there. I have Connor moving on as well. Um, I want to call an upset. He was the fifth seed for a reason. So, uh, yeah. Now back to some more contentious debates and this one might be, I, I, this is the one I was alluding to earlier with a really hard decision that I'm going to have to make on the spot here is Michael C versus Jonathan Garcia. And again, I am calling out the two white lights listeners because if you don't know who Jonathan Garcia is, you damn well should. He is an absolute stud in the 66 kg division. And he it's a 66 kg bias. They're not really talked about a whole lot. The little guys really don't get a whole lot of respect. If you're 74 or if you're below 74, you don't get a whole lot of respect. And I think I could be guilty of that sometimes too. But... Comparing C and Garcia is a much closer matchup than people are making it out to be. The voting was ridiculous. The voting was like over 80% for C and something super low for Garcia. And it should not be the case. And in certain situations where I said it could have been like 55 to 45 in certain ones or 50-50, I think it's way off. I, I really think that Garcia did not get a fair shake in this. Because he, you can make a very good argument that he's a better lifter than Michael C. 
Yeah. And this is, this goes back to a couple things um, is one, there's some bias in good lift points to the 74 kilo class. Now, Michael should very well be rated high, but like he's number four and Bryce Lewis is fifth. Um, the 105 kind of gets a little bit of a downtick and also Bryce didn't compete. So this is his total, but whatever it is, the opposites for the 66, they're not getting much love from good lift points. And so this, this is a matchup that should be way, way, way closer than it is. And let, let's put this in a different mindset too. If this was Michael C versus Charles Ocpoco, who wins? Charles. Because what I don't think people realize, Jonathan Garcia just totaled only 20 pounds less than Charles Ocpoco. And what was that? I think that was, let's see how long, that was just, that was fairly recent, but also he's had some time. Mm-hmm. He did that in November. He totaled 19 pounds less than Charles Ocpoco's um, current world record total in the 66 kilo class. And I think someone that's hurting these 66 kilo guys is that we don't really know which one's going to be the king yet between Jonathan, between Daniel versus Rodrigo. Rodrigo won it over Jonathan at, at 2019 on that, uh, actually the second poll. They, they were super close. Um, but we haven't seen Rodrigo compete, even though it's looked like his training has gone really well. But that's the thing is Jonathan's training has gone really well. Daniel's training has gone really well. One of them, I almost can guarantee, is going to beat Charles's current American and world record total. And if they do, that puts them as probably one of the top five to eight best lifters in the USAPL. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at Jonathan's progress, too, because C, and this is this is why the matchup is so difficult, because C is one of the best 70, and he's one of the best 74 kg lifters, and that's saying something because it is such a stacked division. And he just totaled 17, uh, over, I, I believe, are exactly 1,700 his last meet. If you're 74 kg and you're totaling 1,700, you are ridiculous. You're one of the top three lifters in your weight class. But Jonathan Garcia... From his last meets, he only makes progress. So from what I'm looking at open open powerlifting, he only makes progress. Um, I got, I mean, I didn't know who he was until I competed with him at uh, the A7 Pro Raw Challenge. And in that weekend, and in that weekend, I'm, I don't have the rankings right in front of me, but within that weekend, he beat so many of these lifters on this bracket and so many high-level lifters in the USAPL in general that it, it, it's it's sickening. Like he totaled six seventy-seven. He beat Delaney Wallace that day. He beat Daniel Clemens that day, which we're going to talk about in a bit. He beat Zach DiCostanzo. He beat me. He beat Kyle Power. He beat C that weekend. C did not have a great uh, Arnold weekend for him. He beat so he beat Eric Lapointe. He beat so many of these guys. He was the number one overall lifter. And I guess it's only good for like 13% of the fans vote. No, the dude is an absolute beast. And you know what? Right now, just based on what I'm looking, um, uh, 547 dots, his last meet, that's not the Arnold either. He improved on that Arnold meet that I'm referring to. He got better since that meet. He had a 538 dots. Now he's at 547. Right now, I love you, C. I want to see you do so well, but I think C's ceiling right now is third. Jonathan Garcia's ceiling right now is one and possibly like top five to, or top, at least top 10 to five 
within the USAPL. Yeah, I mean, his ceiling is one, his floor is three and 66. Now, this is where we talked about, 66 isn't as competitive of a weight class. We yeah. have these three guys, and that's actually probably going to be one of the most underrated matchups at Raw Nationals is these three guys going at 66. That's going to be Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm so incredibly competitive between Garcia, Clements, and Manzo, and whoever comes out on top of that, I, I don't want to say is the king because this this is probably going to be a battle for a while. Oh yeah, um, because all of these guys I think are very well solidified in this weight class and aren't moving from it. Um, and yeah, Michael, I look at his ceiling as three, and his floor I think his floor is about three as well. Um, yeah, I mean, a bad per- meet unless he doesn't bomb. I don't see a seventy four beating him. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, Mike. Maybe, I, I don't want to count him out. Maybe he comes in and he final Michael finally puts together that meat he's been waiting for that we've kind of seen coming and it just hasn't happened and, and get that 800 kilo. But even if he does, we're looking at Austin and Taylor going over 800 too. And so, I mean, Michael, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably second is his ceiling and uh, third is his floor. But if we're looking at Garcia, his ceiling is first, his floor is third. Factoring in then, what are we looking at with uh, weight classes? 74 is a bit more competitive. So if we're taking a check mark for Garcia based off a of ceiling, we're taking a check mark for competitiveness off a of C. I've got it tied there. Then I'm looking back to past performances. Yeah. Jonathan Garcia, second at uh, Raw Nationals in 2019. Michael C. obviously had the deadlift. He probably would have been second, but yeah. he didn't, unfortunately. This one's so super hard. But he, but, my, but here's the thing with the Garcia, when you look at even his past Raw Nationals, he's placing second. He's placing third in the 66. He's been he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. He's been and over it, this. He's been he's been making these elite to- he has his elite totals for a long time now. We're not talking about just 2000, you know, 19 and 20 here. I'm dating this back to 2017. This dude is placing top 3 in Raw Nationals. And he's only gotten better since. I mean, I think his first two, I mean, his last two meets has, has really shown me something where he had such a great meet at the Arnold and improved upon that. You know, he missed two lists at the Arnold. He only missed one his last meet and he improved his total by 20 keys. If you can improve your total that won you the Arnold by 20 keys, I, I want that. I want that every time. Every time I compete, I, I, I think every competitor here in the USAPL and on this bracket wants to make a 20 key improvement from comp to comp. Yeah. And especially he's, he's been lifting for a while, I believe. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's still making this good of progress is amazing. And I'm just, I mean, this is assumption, but I think we kind of know this because he alluded to it on our little live stream. This is, uh, uh, Michael's possible last meet at 74 and he's moving up. Yeah. He might have possibly maxed out his potential a bit at 74 because that weight cut's getting pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I think his ceiling is probably around that 800 kilo total. I think if he has the perfect day, he goes there. But if Garcia has the perfect day and seemingly his training is going really well, like that 1570-ish at another 20 kilos, that's going 15 pounds over the current world record total. I I think I'm going with Garcia. Because, I mean, we're going – we – it's we can't compare against weight like gl score have to eliminate that we have to go with weight class and if this was charles okpoko and it had the flashy name i would be going charles okpoko yeah and you're yeah you're talking about a potential one seed with charles okpoko 
right? Yeah. Like so he's, I, a, he's I, a Sheffield I think... guy. He was, you know, he was the goat for the '66. All the '66 were like, this is the this is the god of our division is Charles. And now we're talking about someone who could possibly be the next Charles. Really, a few people. We're gonna get to them in a, in a bit here, but a few people could be that next guy. And under regular circumstances, they wouldn't be a 12th seed. I can tell you that right now. They would be yeah. closer to what C's rank, really, one through four. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a contentious one. People are gonna question this one big time. Oh but yeah, I think the people in the know aren't gonna question it nearly as much because Michael is a phenomenal lifter. He got stuck with the by far best 13 seed. Like this, that that's a third. Well, actually, Rodrigo Manzo is a 13 seed as well. Except Rodrigo got paired up with someone that we're gonna eventually talk about. Yeah. Um, like I said, the 66 is just kind of biased against when it comes to the good lift score because they shouldn't be rated this low. They should be against someone else right now. And so Michael just got put up against someone that got rated way too low. I think we we kind of joked around that this is like Duke had a bunch of injured players and got into the tournament, and now they're all healthy, and now they're in the tournament, but they're a 13 seed, and now we get to see them. Yeah. And you're like, crap, Duke is a 13 seed. That's yeah. not fair for the number four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean – this one is probably the one I went back and forth most on. I know you told me that you literally had not decided yet, so I still don't know your, your decision. But I am going with Garcia in the upset. Yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to disagree with the fans. I'm going to take Garcia in the upset. I have to have a move on. Uh, for people who are going to get mad, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now on Instagram. Listen to the fucking show because we explained it there. Like, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to explain a whole lot from the Two White Lights account if we just talked, I don't know, about this for like 10 minutes now. Um, I I mean, I think I talked myself more into Garcia now looking at his open powerlifting. But, yeah, I just, I can't, I really can't refute that. And again, C is one of my favorite lifters. It was really hard picking against him on this situation. I think in a lot of other circumstances, he wins, he moves on in the bracket. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I... I just I have a hard time picking with Garcia on this one. Yeah, yeah, that won't that will be fun to see the responses because that one. Yeah. I mean, if if you pick C and C one with the fan vote, I wouldn't argue a single bit because Michael is unbelievable lifter. Yeah, um, it's just that I don't think people realize how underrated Jonathan Garcia is. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna have him move on, Jonathan Garcia, to the next round, and now we got another sixty six kg lifter. First, Pug the Goat, Richard Cho. Yeah. So here was a surprising thing on this one. Pug the Goat might be one of the more popular USAPL lifters out there. Big following base, loyal fan base as well. And this is something that I'm happy with the two white lights listener of. Daniel Clemens, he has a higher seed here. But the fans voted for Daniel Clemens. And it's a true David versus Goliath story as far as Instagram followers go. Because it's 2K for like 34K. As far as followers go. And Daniel won. And that means I think the Two White Lights listener is quite educated. Or people follow yes, the show are quite educated. At least on this one. Yeah. They are, are so. at least educated to a point. Because, yeah, I agree. It was clo- It was closer than... It was. It was actually. I actually did not expect Daniel to win on votes. I thought Pug was going to win on votes here, and we were going to have a discussion. But he won on fans' votes. He already has that one. And much like we're talking about Jonathan Garcia, Daniel Clemens is so goddamn good, and he could be good at seventy four. 
and he proved that at his last yeah. meet where he competed at 74 because he missed weight and he put in a total that any 74 lifter is like, whoa, what the hell is that? And he, he only missed weight by like two pounds. Yeah. And he's actually, he is training now at a lower body weight. He actually just posted yesterday his body weight. He is at two pounds lower than he was training at before, I think. So therefore yeah. that would make up the difference. And I know from his training yesterday, he posted he's hitting more in training at the same exact point right now than he did when he totaled 1570, which if he had made weight, 1570 is 50 pounds, 15 pounds over the current world record. I, if I had to, if I had to make my bet between Daniel, Jonathan and Rodrigo, Rodrigo is just a tough one because his training seemingly gone well this entire time, but he just hasn't competed. But since he just hasn't done it on a platform for us to be able to really see what has come together. I would say Daniel is my favorite to win 66 right now. And it looks like he plausibly could go 1600. Yeah. I, and if we're choosing Garcia over C and C is a pretty decently better 74 kilo lifter than Richard, about 30 kilos on the total, if not more um, than pug, we definitely are going Daniel over C then if we're taking the 66 to 74 comparison again. Yeah, of course. And, but I think in this one, it's a little bit more cut and dry. Um, yeah. I, I think if you put Daniel Clemens against C, C has more of an argument because C yeah. has competed recently um, and Pug hasn't. Uh, the last one, the last full meet we've seen from Pug was Raw Nationals, which he did amazing at. You know, ranking third, you know, placing third in that had a great performance, broke an all, uh, broke an American record on deadlift. Fantastic meet from there. But since you know we had a mock meet, I mean, I guess we can go based off that mock meet didn't go well at all. I think he might've got, I really think he got snapped up from that because since that I haven't, hasn't seemed to been the same pug. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I, you can't blame him for this. I think he is, uh, been elevating his business. Yeah. I know there's lots of big things happening for game day barbell. Um, I think those have taken priority possibly over training, yeah. um, which you can't argue that. Like, do you want to make zero money being, uh, a lifter or do you want to make a bunch of money using your lifter fame to produce income um so yeah I, I i don't i don't it doesn't seem like pug has progressed too much um he's still a phenomenal lifter but if we're going against the guy who i think is the favorite to win 66 and a guy who could possibly blow charles Akpoko's current world record out of the water um i got daniel wins this yeah uh, i i agree with you on that one and i i guess if if you know, I, 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 if Pug totals 800, uh, like you said he would, or totals something close to 800, th- it would be a completely different conversation for me. But the thing is, he hasn't. And the, the thing that he's recently known for is missing weight and not competing in his last meet. Ironically, Daniel missed weight at the same exact meet. So, but he was able yeah. to compete and still put in this incredible performance. And, and that was actually, I mean, I, I kind of thought about this. If it was Michael versus Daniel, who would I choose? There, you get a decent downtick for missing weight from me. Yeah, you that's, do. That's yeah, for thing. me, oh, you definitely do for me. So that's even, even though I think Daniel is possibly the favorite to win nationals, this is almost where it gets weird in these debates. Where if it was Daniel versus Jonathan, I'd almost choose Jonathan because he's done it and made weight doing it. Yeah, and has beat Daniel head to head multiple times. But then I consider Daniel a favorite. It, it's a weird situation. No, I mean, well, either, either way, both that both of those, like Jonathan, should be more ranked sixth. Like Daniel's, yeah. I think Daniel's ranking here is six. I think that's very legitimate. I thought Jonathan should be more around a six as well. Yeah, I 
I agree with you on that one. And it's, again, it's a, it's another, I, I guess it's like true sports debate, right? Because you go head to head competition, but yet you can still find a team to be the favorite to win. Yeah. Yeah, just based on momentum, just based like the on Bucks. the Bucks got beat by the Saints twice in the regular season, but then you saw them win come playoff time. Yeah, right. Like it, it just uh, it's about momentum, figuring things out. I think right now that would I mean in in the argument. It, so if you're gonna make the, the seedings different, and if you have C going against Clemens, I have C moving on. Yeah, because and it's it's hard for me, and it's equally as hard for me to say that C moving on to Clemens. Because I know how good of a blifter Clemens is. He did great at the Arnold. But you miss weight for me. I'm like, well, that's a that's a bit of an issue. Like, I don't think really you should miss weight ever, really, in my opinion, unless it's some sort of injury or some sort of, like, something with your health that you have to, you know, make a quick change in your cut. I think, yeah, if you change the seatings around, you have, I think, C moving on. But in this case... And I guess Pug is the argument really hurts him. I mean, he did it, he missed weight as well and just didn't compete at all. Yeah, which is why I think that's probably why the fan vote, even though he's more popular, didn't go his way because I think people are kind of noticing that. Like, yeah. there was a lot of hype, and the hype hasn't, yeah, uh, come to anything. Yeah, and on on top of that, it looked like training wasn't going too great since that's why. Like, since then, it could be the business part, but I just wonder if you know he was going through some sort of injury because. It felt I'm like, you know, if you ask me 2019 after Raw Nationals, I was real high on Pug. Just based on how his training going, his lifts look beautiful. And since then, I haven't seen a whole lot from him. And the weight seems to be just not exactly, you know, not exactly progressing as I thought they would. But I think we're all in agreement here. Daniel Clemens moves on. The 66 kilo guys are getting some love. And if he decides to move up to 1,700, he's going to, I mean, uh, 74 kilos, he's going to be a beast. All right, next one. We got your client, Sean Noriega, versus Jake Amendola, the battle of the bench. Yeah, screw Sean, I pick Jake. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Sean. <laughs> um, you know what? A lot of people had that just opinions in my DMs, in the Two White Lights DMs. They're just like, Sean's going to win, but Jake is better. I'm like, I love Jake. He's a fantastic lifter. Awesome lifter 105. My favorite bench presser in all of powerlifting. I think he has the most impressive bench press in all of powerlifting. I don't know how you can just sit here and tell me that Jake Amendola is a better lifter than Sean Noriega, though. I'm like, and this goes back to what we said on the show before. Sean's a heat magnet. You can't put anything on Sean Noriega on Two Eye Lights without someone in my DMs or comments being like, fuck that guy. I hate Sean Noriega. I'm voting for Jake. Yeah. So, but Sean still won the let's, vote. Let's take, let's take Sean's name out of it. Let's take me coaching Sean out of it. Sean's ceiling is first. His floor is second. Yeah. Jake Amendola just competed in November. He totaled 1929, which was less than what he did at the Arnold. And what he did at the Arnold was only six pounds more than what he did at Nationals. Yeah. I don't know how his training's going now, but he doesn't seem to be progressing much. Um, and even if he did, let's say even if he did progress, he's going against Ashton, Bryce, Cayman Battle, and Mike Davis that are all progressing. And mm-hmm. he, like, I see, I see, and you have Dave, well, Dave Wilson on hot on this tale too. I see Jake's ceiling, which says Joseph, because that's his 
USAPL name. That's why it says that there. If you guys saw that, yeah, that confused that confused USA. me for a second there. I I yeah, did not. That's what he has on his USAPL membership card. So that's what I always I obviously is. always want to call him Danny. Yeah. <laughs> so his ceiling, I think, is fourth. His floor is sixth. Yeah. And the 105 is super competitive, and the 83 super competitive. So those are even. So if we're taking the ceiling and the floor, I I, I don't. I, it's not really a question. Like we have a guy who's battling possibly for a national title. We have another guy who most likely won't be on the podium, not because of not how strong he is, but because that. He's going against Bryce Ashton and Mikey D and Cayman and, and Wilson. So um, Joseph Bench, he's probably going to set another American record. It's going to be phenomenal. This is like this is one of those things that we're going to see these lifters. It's it's going to be so fun to watch them at nationals. It's not putting them down that they're not winning these matchups. We're so super excited to see them. It's just that in in the competition total, Jake just doesn't compare to Sean right now. Yeah, I agree. And you know it's. Um... I guess it's like a fan. I mean, you can talk about fan favorites. I think Jake Amendola, just based on what I've seen in the comments and conversations that I've had in DMs, he's a fan favorite, uh, and he is a fantastic lifter. But yeah, we're talking about a seating thing here, right? A matchup thing. Sean Oregas has a higher ceiling. I mean, in every real sort of conceivable way, he is going to be challenging for the best lifter in the USAPL at Raw Nationals than um, uh, Jake Amendola. So. I think we got a clean sweep here. Fan vote, your vote, my vote, all for uh, Noriega. Uh, next one, we got Edward Taylor versus Mikey Davis, better known as Mikey D. Uh, the seating on this one is quite close, and this one is this one is interesting. Still, it, it, it's interesting. I the fans voted for Mikey D convincingly, but we're talking. Right now, the same total. This is a, now. This is more just an underrated conversation thing. And of course, I have a little bit more knowledge about this because Ed Taylor competes in my weight class. Same thing with Delaney Wallace. Ed Taylor totaled seven ninety at his most recent comp. Yeah, seven ninety is huge. He's on the radar for one of the most underrated lifters. Yes, it's absolutely. Just the issue is he got paired with Mikey D. And one thing to point out here, I think Mikey D is competing in two weeks. Keiko just competed. This was made before Keiko competed. If Keiko, if we had taken Keiko's uh, newer total into account, he would be a two seed. I did a little math on it. He would be a two seed. If Mikey Davis puts up the total, he's looking like he would. He might be a three seed. Yeah. So Ed got screwed by getting matched up against a, probably a three seed. That's masked as a ten seed. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Pretty much there and. I still think, I guess with the fan voting, it was skewed towards Mikey Davis's side, but I would like to see it a little bit closer because I think Ed Taylor has the same argument that Delaney Wallace has, right? His ceiling, even though, I, I mean, I'm not going to be completely honest with you, I didn't know who Ed Taylor was until this year because I saw he totaled 790 and he came out of nowhere. Like where we said Delaney Wallace had his breakup performance at the Arnold and I say it was at Nationals. This suit just came out of nowhere. Like, I had no idea where this total came from. And 790 is a, a very good total. His competition history is a bit rocky. So, I don't know exactly how he's going to compete on this stage. And, like what you said, he has a real good argument against a lot of lifters. But once you throw Mikey Davis into the mix, no. 
Yeah. And Eddie Taylor is unbelievably strong. And like you said, he's, he's only done three meets and he's progressing. He's added in about two years, he's added 200 and 200 pounds to his total. So that dude's going to keep progressing. I, I might yeah. actually have to have him on the show at a point he, yeah. just to he ask be him because, huge, because I, be huge, when right, I look sorry. at his competition, it just, this is a complete assumption. It just seems like he was figuring out how to compete. Yeah. He's missed a lot of lifts. It looks like he bombed out. Maybe it was because of an injury or whatnot. Cause it looks like he jumped from 275 on bench to 396. So maybe he was injured and he wasn't sure kind of what he could. I, I don't know. Exactly. No, exactly. So that's what I'm thinking is like, he was probably a really strong guy who got into competition and then just didn't know exactly what he was doing and made some strange calls. Like I, I mean, I didn't know any better. I mean, it happened to me. I was making stupid ass, you know, calls my entire career up until getting coaching. And that was because it was just, I didn't know any better. Could be the same situation for him. So I, I got to talk to him just to really know, because I looked at his competition history. I'm like, Oh, that's a big increase in total. But also your attempt selection on those days was very, very strange yeah. to me. So, so he's someone that he's someone to know. Yeah. If, I, I don't know much about him either. I don't think anyone does, but he is, if he starts getting it together and he's progressing like he is, he's he's right up with all of you in '83. He's already with you guys yeah. in '83. Yeah, but he's he is a contender for gonna sure. Be phenomenal. But even with that, let's take names out of the picture, popularity out of the picture. Edward Taylor ceiling is third. Flores probably around seventh. Mikey Davis ceiling is first, and yeah. I'm going to say it: his ceiling is first. He got second at Raw Nationals to Bryce in 2019. Mikey is a nine for nine phenom. The dude goes nine for nine and does his work on the platform. He is a meat day execution master. Bryce is though too. Um, Ashton's gotten better, but obviously Ashton's had some issues and that's why Bryce snuck in. But Mikey, based on his training, legit looks like he might be able to go 2100. That seems feasible. And if he could go 2100, Ashton's chasing 2100. So Mikey on the perfect day and all the other scenarios going right, he could plausibly be first. And I see his floor is probably third. So because of that, Mikey, he was a very underrated seed here. This Eddie, Eddie, a lot of other people he could have beat. Um, but he just got matched up against a guy who probably should be a third seed based on what he's eventually going to do in his meet soon. So yeah, I guess uh, so. check Mark win goes to Mikey on this one. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I think, again, we have a clean sweep for Mikey Davis on this one. And I think still closer than people realize. But, yeah, battle the underrated lifters, too. Because I think when we did that discussion uh, topic for Two White Lights, both those names were brought up quite frequently. I think Mikey D would edge him out on most underrated lifter. But Ed is definitely up there. So, um, yeah, we have Mikey D moving on to the next round. And to finish it off, we have two first 15. Russ Orhe versus David Ricks. And I might just give David Ricks the vote here because I love David Ricks so much and he's awesome and everyone loves him and there's good reason right. to love I'm him. I'm giving Dave my vote too and Dave moves on. Yeah. Boom. All right, show over. Take that. Yeah, I get hey Russ, I guess uh I guess the if you're not top three, it does really matter, huh? Or, or <laughs> the the other seedings do matter, or the other rankings do matter if you're not top three, because David Ricks just beat you. Uh no, I'm voting for Russ on this one. But David Ricks, legend of the sport. He is inspiring in so many ways. I was stunned watching him at 2019 Raw Nationals because I wasn't very educated to the USAPL and its competitors. And I saw this dude, you know, just moving this insane way in prime time. He is, we got to talk about this. He is a prime time lifter and got a 16th seed 
in Two White Lights' ever-prestigious March Madness brackets. And he's, what, like 60 or something? <laughs> How yeah. old is he? Yeah, I'd be closing on 60 now, if not already. Let's see, he's... David, Mr. Ricks, 58? No, he's 60. He's 60. Go God, on, he's 60. He God 61 damn. this year. So, all right, everyone just follow David Ricks on Instagram, because you should. Um, and get him the clout he deserves. He's a 16 seed, and that's still incredible because he's 60, and there's no shame to lo- – or he's a 15 seed, so really, I mean, he's about as good as lifter as I am. Big big, uh, big ups there. Uh, so, and I, you know, I'm, I'm 28, a young 28, but uh, a 28 at that. And there's no shame to losing to uh, arguably one of the best lifters in the USAPL, top three in my opinion, Russ Orhe. And yep. yeah. That's a deserving win for Russ. One on fans vote. Of course, a lot of people voted. For... So here's the funny thing. I think more people voted for David Ricks than they did than uh, Jonathan Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. So well, there's that that makes me, so there's that like... that makes me happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, I know people were commenting that it would be a shame if Ricks doesn't win, and I I get like. If this was like all time rankings, it would be LS and Ricks in the finals here. Yeah. Ricks would beat Russell, even with Russell's world title and two national titles. LS LS is gonna be mad when he sees him not win. Yeah, he will. But yeah, I mean, like, mean at the same time he might get mad to see himself not win. We're going best lifter in the twenty twenty one Raw Nats, and that's gotta be Russ there. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that that's not really much of a debate. Russ is the the eighty three king right now. We'll see if that changes if Anything else can happen there that I can have something to do with? Yeah, but even even with that, Russ, even with that, I, I still yeah, think Russ, Russ Russ is taking. He this. would probably be third seed anyway, so yeah. still winning quite convincingly. The Russ is yeah, you know one of the one of the best lifters in the USAPL, and his accolades really is tops with anyone on this list. Three time national champion, one uh, one time world champion, like yeah, it doesn't. I don't think there's a whole lot of people on this list, aside from maybe a guy like David Ricks and Ellis McLean that has those accolades yeah. for them. So at least on this, on, at least on the uh, the Stoic bracket or the Stoic region, um, his accolades rival with anyone there. Um, yeah, ironically, I mean, argue, with the guys with of the anyone, horses. of anyone else, Russell has the biggest of the. He he could very well easily be a one seed. Oh yeah, over, over Ashton. Yeah. Over Ashton. He's Even a, though Ashton has the highest GL score, Russell could be the number one seed here based off of past accomplishments and, and dominance of his weight class for the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Versus Ashton, who obviously didn't even win in 2019. He's just he's just going crazy right now. So, yeah. yeah. And that doesn't, good. yeah, it's not everything, right? That's what um I was uh, telling some people. It's like, hey, just because Duke, you know, has won a bunch of national championships, you don't give them an eight seed when they don't deserve it, right? Like, yeah. same thing with this. This could be, I mean, Ashton Rouska could be, you know, of the U- University of Illinois this year, the Fighting Illini. Like, the Illini has a one seed. Um, they've never won an actual title. They should have probably a few years in there, but they didn't. So, yeah. but they're it's still a one seed. Right it's, all about, it's all about what you did this season right now. I think Ashley's that guy. So, that will do it for the Stoic region. We are going to do the Left Floor Bros region, which is the other side of that men's region, next episode because uh, we have a, we have, we're on some time constraints right now. But... We have the women's matchups in the Notorious Lift region. We have Den- uh, Amanda Lawrence versus um, Amanda Allen. 
Yeah, this was just the. Uh, this was one of those ones that there's no, there's probably not a. I don't know if there's a person you'd rather not go against in that first round than Amanda Lawrence. That's just, I mean, she's just on another level. Amanda Allen, I don't think she's very well known. She's actually she she just aged in the Masters, so she's she just turned forty. I think she would be currently she's already i think she's top five in 63 kilo which is amazing at her age which is also amazing that her and jen thompson are both masters one and both in top five basically in 63 kilos so um amanda allen phenomenal lifter i think she'll probably next to, to jen be second overall at m1 possibly be working in the top five in the actual open category um but she just got matched up against the current best female lifter in the world arguably that's where we're going to talk about more well yeah we got some other ones but i mean based off a good lift score oh yeah she's got the greatest good lift score in the history of the sport well yeah i mean i think you made the argument earlier of Amanda lawrence is the worst matchup for almost anyone on this bracket men included yeah right like that is a hard that's like a uh that's like an undefeated one seed going into an ncaa tournament yeah, it's it's like it's it's like oh, it's almost like UConn's women basketball or something, or like UCLA back in their day. It's it's no matter who you are in a female division, if you're matched up against Amanda Lawrence, it's not going to go great. Uh, Amanda Allen, terrific lifter, has competed prime time uh, season lifter as well. Gets that 16 seed, so it seems like it seems like the trend for 16 seed. Aside from poor Eric Lapointe, but it's like a lot of teen lifters and you know some of the masters lifters as well. So yeah, um, yeah it would. We have Amanda Lawrence moving on that. Uh, looking forward to seeing Amanda Allen compete. Now we got to the contentious ones. This is a great thing. When you go 1 to 16, you go through 8 and 9. And this one was probably, based on me looking at it, maybe there was one other one that was more that was more difficult than this one. Kristen Dunsmore versus Tina Tornado. Really quick, do you know how to pronounce her last name? I do not. I'm okay. going to say Donishmond. <laughs> Donishman? Yes, I was just I was wondering that too because mm-hmm. one Tina Tornado might win with best nickname in the USAPL. But it's funny that her and her fiance both don't even go by their last name. You got Tina Tornado and Joey Flex. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. That's a very good point. Yeah, so uh Tornado and Flex. Yeah, they're just gonna have like comic book character. Just a com- it's, it's their culture perfectly. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, best whenever you're known as your nickname, it's an amazing nickname. Yeah. But this one is extremely tough for me. On fans voting, Kristen won by a considerable margin. I don't know if that's popularity. That's hard to say because Tina's a very yeah, that was interesting. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I think they're pretty similar popularity. So I was kind of surprised by that. I was I was thinking it was going to be close because I I wouldn't be upset if it went either way i could see a very 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 valid argument for either one because they're literally in this almost to a t in the same circumstances they're like the, yeah they're like the same lifter they're like the same exact lifter i mean they compete in different weight classes but they're like the same in the same situation they uh, kristen has competed more recently but injury bug has gone to both of them both terrific competitors but the best competitions were in years past not -hmm. exactly this one and really based on their best overall days they're relatively close on that too yeah and right now their training looks both par with each other they're both hitting prs again i believe Mm -hmm. um so that is awesome. It's awesome to see both of these on the comeback train. 
Um, I know Tina was, uh, I think, I don't know how many years in a row, but she got second. I don't know if it was multiple times, but she got second to Marissa Inda, and she was kind of like that second. Uh, she was just kind of that, that next step below Marissa and kind of always kind of right there in Marissa's kind of shadow a little bit. Um, and I, I think she got close a couple times with Marissa and then Kristen, obviously she did pull out the, the, the national title, but they're both perennial top three competitors in nationals who in 2019 and 2020 had some injuries. Um, I don't think either competed at 2019, um, raw nationals, but they're both coming back and both looking to be highly, highly competitive again, which is awesome. That's great for the sport. Yeah. So now it comes down to what are we deciding here between these two? Because I I think I've gone back and forth on this one about as much as C and Garcia. I because so, I um because we're, we're even going based on recency here, like you said, they're smashing PRs in the gym. They're doing so well, you know, post injury. Uh Chris, Kristen, I guess, ha- with the new weight class, has a bit of an advantage there because potential national champion there but that's like ah, I, I it's hard for me to factor it into my decision you know yeah, like because it, it's a new weight class so it's like i mean if people are getting annoyed yet about my ceiling and floor they pretty much have the same ceiling as and floor i both look at them as probably the ceiling is second i don't know if a bit, we're going to get to the person that's going to probably win 69 kilo that's i'm going to say the most underrated lifter in the usapl right now we're gonna get to her in a bit but they basically both have a ceiling of second and maybe like a floor of fifth. So yeah. again, this was, this was just so hard, but I'm going to get my vote because I literally, I went down this and every single one, they're just tied, 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 tied. So if they're tied on everything, I'm going to have to go back and say, Kristen was a national champion. Yeah. And even though we're, we're trying to do recency, if everything's tied, and I, I'm going to just have to go back to say Kristen has been a national champion before and competed at Worlds. So I'm going to give my vote to Kristen based off of that. But if the voting went to Tina, I, I couldn't argue that at all. Yeah, I agree with you on, on, on that part. But I, I would just say I, I with the national championship, I guess that is a good tiebreaker to bring up. But I think so much of it is is based on what Kirsten can do at a new weight class, as opposed to what we know Tina can do at a current weight class that she's competed in, and what we see in the gym. I'm I think I might just have to go with Tina on this one, just simply due for just simply due to that. Like it's, I, I can't. I mean, maybe if I look on their best days, but even that gets skewed because I don't like really looking at dots on this. It's who's the better lifter and. I don't know. I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Tina had a better meet at Raw Nationals than Kristen, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was the other way. But I, I guess based on just what I'm seeing in the gym from her and what I know she can do in the, the division, I, I would put Tina up there as well because you're saying you know ceilings and uh, you know ceilings and floors. Uh, yeah, good for three to four, and I, I guess same with uh, Kristen. But it's a new weight class, you know, so it doesn't even hold as much yeah. prestige. Well, there's a big question. There's a big question mark on the weight class, but this weight class actually suits Kristen really well because yeah. she used to be 63. She went to 72, and she didn't really have the right weight class. This actually is a perfect weight class for her. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I couldn't 
it's it just every single thing I said kept being a tiebreaker. And so if I'm going to have to do a tiebreaker, I'm going to have to rely on a little bit of past performance um, and past performance. It's not even a national title. Kristen pulled for a win. Meet day execution. I'm not saying Tina has bad meet day execution, but yeah. Kristen has done it and pulled for a win and she's competed at IPF Worlds. So if I'm going to give a tick on something, I'm going to give tick on meet day execution to Kristen Dunsmore. Yeah, I, I guess I'll just go with Tina based on me really not deciding on like who. who I think that's really I think that's with. very fair, so that we don't I mean, split vote. That was yeah. I mean, that's two it's, white lights. Yeah, it's like the, it's the closest. I mean, I guess from fan. I mean, the fans voting really did have a dictate. I mean, because it was much. It was it was not as close as I thought, which is very surprising to me. Because I I would have. I mean, the flex the flex family is so fucking strong, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like the flex fam is is all over those votes and you know i mean i just i got first hand of the of the flex experience did we piss them off because they didn't like being called the patriots i mean yeah that's what i, what I mean like like i know flex can we gas get, a comment section pretty hard so did we, get, did we get canceled by flex fam as well i don't know i mean i, I mean hell two white lights have voted for uh tina and a lot of flex lifters right now so i mean i gave tina oh, my I mean, vote. flex is gonna dominate this bracket so yeah no so, shame there, no hate on them for yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, I would have to. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I'm confused. I mean, maybe the two by lights listeners have ca- canceled the flex family. Who knows? Because we didn't get we, the votes were not as close as I thought. Which I thought. I mean, again, two to one on this one, and for Kristen and I, I thought it was about as fifty fifty as yeah. you can, can well, get. The thing is, I could, I could see people not knowing how good of a lifter Tina is because I don't think she, she's almost known more for being a coach and being part of flex than she is as being a lifter sometimes. True. That's a, that's actually a good point. And so I think she's she's probably but, underrated as how good. I don't think people realize she is a <laughs> phenomenal lifter. Yeah, but but then you I go. Mean, Joe, Joey's a great lifter. I mean, people don't realize Joey's a great lifter too. Yeah. he just doesn't compete anymore because I mean, compete as much because he's got his athletes to worry about. But Joey's a phenomenal lifter. He's well, just not known for. You know it what the funny thing is when I had Kristen Dunsmore on the show, like she people forgot about her performances as well because she hasn't been as active as he wanted to be because he was going through injuries as, as well. If we're talking yeah. about this in 2019, 2018, we're talking about Kristen Dunsmore in a wholly, totally different light here, you know? So it's, 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 it is like they're the same lifter. So again, about as close as you can get, at least on my part, two to one here. Um, is this our first two to one? I think oh, so. Oh, no, I guess, I guess we now, now we count Not fans. two to one because fan vote's been different, but two to one and me and you going the opposite. Okay. All right. Which I, I think would happen in the first round being pretty uh pretty one sided. All right. Now Marissa Inda and Demetria D lifts. So on this one, uh Marissa Inda took it on the fans vote and I think with her accolades and her most recent performances, it's hard to vote it's hard to go against her. Hard yeah. hard she's, seating she's- here. She's going to be the favorite going in to win 52 kilo. I think she's probably going to have her biggest competition yet. We're going to talk about next episode with Andrea Riley coming up. So Marissa, again, ceiling first place, floor, maybe second, maybe third. But, I mean, Marissa's coming in as one of the best female uh, USAPL lifters that we've had in modern time. I mean, she's been perennial 52 kilo champion, world champion. Um, Demetria coming in, um, she is looking at floor and ceiling of second place at 47 kilo. Um, yeah. Heather Connors kind of in her own league right now. Demetria, 
Um, we have pretty recent data on her because I believe she just pretty recently competed and that's mm-hmm. where her QT came from. She's a phenomenal lifter. She just got matched up against someone who's probably a little underrated at five just for the matter of that being a favorite to win 52 kilo, being the past 52 kilo champion. Um, Marissa is just, uh, yeah, she's just a phenomenal lifter. Yeah, and Dimitri on top of that, young lifter as well. I think very, very close from being a junior national champion um, at USAPL Raw Nationals. Uh, in I think she was the US. I think she was the junior champ. No, I think she lost out to um, Denise Mary Jane. If you could check that really quick, that'll be great because I think that's a Joe Stanek client oh, and okay. my buddy Massimiliano uh, coaches Demetria. So um, yeah, I think I'm right on that one. It might might have been she just missed it barely. But 23 years old, lots of potential yeah, there. Second to Denise Juarez. Denise, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they actually tied. She what she lost on body weight. Mm. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, Dimitri is a fantastic lifter, and when you factor in the age, really bright future. It's just when you, it's one of those situations. You're going against Mercinda. It's not looking good for you. It's just it's it's a hard uh, it's it's a hard thing to win. But the progress can be there, and I'm excited to see what she does in the future. Um, I don't know exactly. Yeah, actually, I uh, know it doesn't even matter. Junior, I forgot. Juniors, junior nationals is a whole different thing this year. So there won't be any junior national camps at uh, Open Nationals this year. So uh, we have Marissa Inda moving on. Um, Dimitri's young, though. That would be very yeah. fun Dim- if she can be, keep making the progress she is and start giving Heather Connor a run for her money. Yeah, I think Heather Connor needs someone to really give her yeah. some I mean, sort Heather's of competition. Been making progress like crazy, too. So who knows what she's going to end up doing. Um, sh- she might. She might pass. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the way she's progressing, she's going to have a strong argument against Amanda. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Demetria is kind of the up-and-comer in that weight class. Um, and I'm hoping she's going to keep making the progress she is because it looks like she's added about 100 pounds on her total in the last year. So if she could do that again, that puts her right up with Heather. So Yep. All right, next up we have 4C Jennifer Milliken first Aliyah Thurston. Um so for the fans vote on this one, quite heavily towards Jennifer Milliken, which I was expecting that. We have multiple accounts here, uh, you yeah. know, as a pass accolades, more popular than uh, Thurston, and also doesn't doesn't hurt Thurston's case that she deactivated her Instagram account and she doesn't have anything to really go off of. But I can tell you this right now, it's you know seventy eight to twenty two percent on the fans vote. But I think Thurston might be one of the most underrated lifters on the female side. Yes. And that's one thing. That it, just straight up, it was a bit harder to research the women because a lot of the women just seemingly don't post their lifts as much. Yeah, not as ego-driven men. as men. Let's, let's bring that up Guys right now. definitely <laughs> post every lift they've ever done, and the women did not. So it was a bit harder to get some more recent training. We actually literally had a lifter or two message us saying, hey, do you want to see some of our training so you know? Because they don't post it. Yeah. Um, Ayla has deactivated her account. She's competed recently, and based on how it looks and some other competition, um, it looks like she's probably the favorite to get second behind Amanda in the 70, new 76 mm-hmm. class. The one thing, and this is something I didn't realize, we're going to get to this when we talk about the Project Strength, and there's a matchup there that we're going to talk about, is – uh, a lot of these women that were kind of on the like 82 to 84 kilo range competing at 84 coming down to 76, they're having the weight cut. So it will be interesting because I think Ayla was around like 81 kilo maybe. Um, I'll need to look that back up. But I think she was she was 
towards the higher end of the 84 kilo class. So she's going to have to cut a little bit coming down to 76. So I don't know how it's going to affect her total, but from everything that had been going on, she had been progressing really well through 2020. Yeah. And even though she deactivated, I, I'm going to have to assume she's still progressing well. Um, yeah. But she's going up against Jennifer Milliken, yep. which Jennifer Milliken has the same ceiling as uh, uh, Isla does as probably having that ceiling of second. She probably isn't beating um, Sam Calhoun. Sam Calhoun's pretty seemingly has that locked up, but Jennifer looks pretty set. Actually, I take it back. I mean, Sam's been kind of plateaued at the same, like, 5'10 total. Yeah. Jennifer, she did 492.5. I don't know. I mean, Jennifer, yeah. I mean, that even bumps it up even more for Jennifer. I mean, she, on a bad day, Sam never really has a bad day. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Sam's going to come in with 510. So Jen's got to bump it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jen, former national champion, former world champion. But even if we take that out, um, she is very much in contention in 63. And Isla's in contention for second. But I think Amanda just is so far ahead. Or actually, Daniela. We're talking about Daniela, not Amanda, because we're going to 76. Daniela is so far ahead that it just kind of, there's just not as much of a battle there. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it was, this, I guess, was a um, a tougher matchup for me. And it was actually pretty cool to see many people vote for um, Thurston, as I expected, because Instagram runs all in powerlifting. And, you know, if you don't have an Instagram account, you're practically not a powerlifter. But I agree with you. With the progression that uh, Thurston has made, she is going to be extremely interesting to watch. But you can't argue with the past accolades from Milliken and what she could potentially do in her weight class. And still doing right now because her training is going well. Yeah, she's, she's not She's not regressing. She's seemingly progressing. So if she's progressing, it's going to be hard to beat her. Yeah, absolutely. And a four seed is very appropriate for her. So I think... Looks like we have a clean sweep here for Jennifer. But with that being said, I think uh, Thurston is on the come up here. Yeah, she, if she would, she's a 13 seed. If she was matched up with someone else, I could see an upset. There's definitely some people I see that she could have upset that are higher seeds. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is one of our most interesting matchups here. We have Chandler Babb for Sarah Brenner here. And... Based on the fans voting, pretty heavily skewed towards Sarah Brenner. And based on what we see from Chandler Babb and Sarah Brenner, we might be having a little bit of an L.S. McLean, Delaney Wallace situation here, or possibly Michael C. for Jonathan Garcia situation as well. I, I think probably even more. I, I think after Nationals, Chandler Babb is going to be having the biggest coming out party. Um, and people don't know who she is yet. She is going to most likely win 69 kilo at her most recent meet, which was pretty recent. She totaled 1135, um, 512 kilos. She's like, a, she's out, I think in front by almost 30 kilos on qualifying total. Let, just to kind of give an idea of kind of who she's comparing with Kimberly Walford, who would, you would call probably, this is the perfect weight class for Kimberly at 69 kilo. Or, I mean, 72 is good too, but Kim's going to 69 Kimberly Walford just competed at U.S. Virgin Islands in total 11.75. So Chandler Babb is arguably the second best 69 kilo lifter and knocking on the door with the progress she's making. She's making great progress currently. She's knocking on the door of Kim Walford. Yeah. So if you put Kim Walford for Sarah Brenner, not anything against Sarah. Sarah is uh, probably the heir apparent to Bonica 
unless Bonique can seemingly be the next Dave Rickston train until she's 60, as she's kind of doing, I mean, she's been, yeah. Bonique has been around forever. Um, Chandler is, uh, yeah, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal lifter. She's probably going to run away with 69 kilo. And I don't know if this would be the same boat after Raw Nationals once they see what she can do and people know who she is. Yeah, this one for me was difficult because we're, we're going based on qualifying totals, but it's that new weight class thing. It's a unique situation because it's a whole new weight class and a whole new winner. And I do know what Sarah does at her weight class. And she's predominantly behind uh, Bonica in almost, and it's, it's like, you know, the, you're going against one of the goats in your weight class and you're constantly, it's constantly a battle for a second at that point because Bonica's so great. But then I don't think it can negate how amazing a lifter Sarah is as well. And it's a consistent one as well. When you look at her progression, very consistent lifter and some uh, progression there. But I, I think right now, as far as this, a favorite goes for a weight class, Chandler's that favorite. Like heavy favorite. Yeah, like it's a heavy favorite. And whenever you talk about a heavy favorite, it's so hard for me to vote against that. Yeah, and and this is a difficult one because you just – because Chandler – I mean, not Chandler. Uh, Sarah's been at it for such a long time and making such good progression. And, have, I mean, when you could – when you can put yourself in the top three consistently at Raw Nationals, you're fucking – you're one of the best lifters in the USAPL. Just, yeah. it, it's such a difficult thing to do, and she's done that. But – Bonica is so consistent herself that she's going to be the, the the perennial winner of that weight class. Now we're talking about a new weight class that, who knows, Chandler could dominate for three or four years based on what we know. And the, the heavy favor going into this new weight class is a huge factor for me going into it. Yeah. And one thing with Sarah, too, if, if we had – proof that she had added about 20-ish pounds to her total, this would be a little bit more of an argument because that would mean that she could possibly challenge Bonica. But the one, maybe she has added 20 pounds or so, but she's not posting, so we don't have any data. And honestly, this is just a guess. It looked like maybe she had an injury recently, but at the same time, she hasn't posted. So that's one of the tough parts too, is if there was some type of training proof that it looked like she had progressed another 20 or 30 pounds, which would put her in line to maybe challenge Bonica, that would be a very different story because to have a chance to dethrone Bonica is like dethroning Ray with Jesus. And we're going to talk about that next episode. Um, But we just don't have any evidence of that. So because of that, I'm going to go have to go Chandler because we have evidence of Chandler continuing to progress and seemingly going to be an all-star at 69 kilo. And if she goes to Worlds, actually competing and pushing Kimberly Walford at Worlds. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess based on the seating here, it, it's going to be an upset, but I, I would have to give the nod to Chandler Babb as well. So, yeah, it's, and this one was hard. This one was a, one, one of the more difficult ones for me, but yeah, I would have to give the nod to Chandler Babb on this one. So we have her moving on to the next round. And next we got Sam Calhoun First, Miss Fisher. So Sam Calhoun uh, had it on the fans' vote. Let me pull up the numbers here. Probably by a considerable margin. Uh, Sam Calhoun, one of the most consistent 
lifters in the USAPL and yet Jamie Fisher. So 81% of the vote went to Sam Calhoun. Uh, Jamie Fisher, terrific lifter. But again, it's one of those situations with the matchup in the seedings. When you're going against Sam Calhoun, you're talking about one of the best female lifters in the USAPL. I think on the power rankings, we had her third at the time due to her performance at the winter wrecker. So yeah, it's, it's, you're, you're battling uphill when you have to go against uh, Sam Calhoun. Yeah, that's just a, a tough matchup. I don't, there's, I mean, Sam is almost underrated at number three with how, I mean, her dominance of nationals the last couple of years um, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, Jamie, I'm trying to look, where is she? Let me look at that again. 57 kilo. She's looking 52 kilo. She's looking probably ceiling fourth place. It looks maybe maybe third, depending on how Tina does, because Tina's best total is at 400. Jamie's at 390. Tina looks like she's going to be able to top that 400. But so Jamie's around that third to fourth range. Again, depending on the matchup, she could challenge people because she's looking at that ceiling of being podium spot in a highly competitive class of 52. But you're going against Sam Calhoun, which Sam Calhoun, like I said, kind of talking about Jennifer Milliken, she's kind of decently out in front, barring something happens and we see some really good progress from Jennifer. But otherwise, Sam is the heavy, heavy favorite to repeat at 63. Um, she seems just to chip her lifts by two and a half kilos each time. It's just every every meet, two and a half kilos on each lift. Um, she sends, tends to show up best at these big meets. She is a, a artist when it comes to meet day execution, going nine for nine. So yeah, yeah. this one. But if I go could, to Sam, if I can make a case for Jamie Fisher, I mean, again, it's it's going to be an extremely difficult battle to win, and I think you're going to get a clean sweep here. But in her case, the progression that I'm seeing from her has been phenomenal. We are possibly seeing someone who could have a breakout party or a coming out party at Raw Nationals because when you look at the progression she has made since just her last Raw Nationals in uh, in Illinois, where she ranked eighth. I I think you could get a substantial bump here because her last meet you're looking at almost a thirty kilo improvement, and her yeah, and she, her will score has one up. She can add another thirty pounds to her total. Uh, I mean, she's right there with she's probably around four ten ish, and she'll be. And it depends on everything else, but she'd be right there, kind of creeping up on Andrea Riley and Marissa, depending on what they do. Yeah, and really when, like, it, I think just figuring stuff out as a competitor is big. I think a lot of lifters do have to figure things out. We talked about with Ed where it just seems like he figured out how to compete and then you get this big total. That could very well be the case for Jamie. If, you know, we she gets an understanding of how to compete, you can all of a sudden get, you know, that, that the good list points, improving her total, improving, and we've already seen that because that is a substantial increase from Raw Nationals to her most recent meet, which – got her into this bracket position at a, at a pretty high seed or I mean at yeah. a, at a solid seeding there. So um, again, you're not winning a whole, if you're and again, there's only like three or four females. If you're going against Sam Calhoun, not in the weight class, but in the entirety of the USAPL who are going to beat Sam Calhoun. Um, so your odds of winning are just not going to be there, but I think a uh, potential coming out party for Jamie Fisher on this one. Agreed. All right. Well, we are excited to see that. Now we have a pretty interesting battle coming up. Chloe Dublin, defending national champion Chloe Dublin, versus Amanda Martin. Yes. So the reason this one's interesting, like if we're, we're saying Chloe Dublin national champion, 
But the reason it's interesting is Chloe's going up a weight class. She's going to 76. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not quite sure how that weight increase is going to affect her. Um, the one thing we do see is she actually has gained uh, a little bit of weight, but she did it equipped. So she just competed in February, actually, but she did it equipped at 165 pounds body weight. Yeah. So um, she put up a 1273 total, but equipped, we can't really compare that. Before that, um, she had put up 1,076 total at 72 kilos, which is actually 50 pounds less than what she hit at Raw Nationals. So with Chloe, I, I, we, I think we have to assume that based on her most recent meet of actually regressing by 50 pounds, that a good total would be matching her Raw Nationals total, which wouldn't quite put her in competing with, obviously, with Daniela. And it would be putting her right up there with kind of Isla about that probably like 530 kilo total where she would Mm -hmm. be kind of battling for kind of that second to third range. Amanda just recently competed. And I believe she is now ranked second going into nationals right behind Bonica. I mean, yeah, she's ranked second. Um, So this was a tough one. I think people would think this is a runaway Chloe because Chloe's the name that everyone knows. She's the national champion. But if we're looking at competitiveness within the weight class, this is a lot closer than we think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we just talked about Sarah Brenner. Sarah Brenner and Amanda Martin are just about similar lifters. Uh, based on dots, I think Amanda Martin has her beat on a little bit or based on good lift points. Um, she's got her bait, beat a little bit, but I think their totals are within two kilos of each other. And that's you're talking about the second place person within the weight class there. Um, the thing with me, though, is when Chloe Dublin with her, I, I think that was her last raw performance was raw nationals, correct? No, she just competed in November and she totaled 50 plus raw. Wait, can you repeat? So she totaled 11, 20, she totaled 11, 24 at nationals in 2019. And then she competed raw at collegiate nationals in 2020, November and totaled 1,076. I didn't even realize that actually, because I don't like, Chloe doesn't post much. So it's hard to kind of keep track of her training. I don't know if maybe she went in and didn't really push hard because she was going to, it wasn't, she was just going in. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, with collegiate nationals happening, a lot of times those Midland athletes don't like push full bore and they don't peak for it um, because they're just, they're going to win. Especially like Chloe, she was probably going to win that pretty easy, I assume. And so she maybe didn't push full bore or peak for this meet. So I don't want to hold that against her. Um, So yeah, it's kind of tough to say kind of where she's at in training, but with the assumption, with the weight gain, with knowing what she's done in the past, with being young, um, I mean, she's only 21. It, it was tough. It was very, very tough because I, I, I went back and forth on this one. I know you went back on to this forth on this one. I think we might be split on it. Um, but I see both of their ceiling as second in their weight class. I think they both could get second. Yeah. Within that. I'm going to have to give the nod to 76 because 76 is a bit more competitive from top to bottom than 84 plus. So because of that, I'm going Chloe Dublin Um, because of if we're going second as the ceiling for both of them, I'm going competitive. and weight class is going to Chloe. It's hard to argue against that, but Amanda Moore has made. So, I mean, again, looking at her, made a lot of progress from what we've seen in the past. So it could be a lifter figuring out things for themselves. Uh, Boney, I mean, Bonica Brown is the goat and I don't see really anyone challenging her, defeating her at raw nationals. That's my personal opinion. Um, I, 
I would really love to vote for Amanda in this situation, but I can't. Former national champion, most recent national champion as well. Going up a weight class still doesn't take away the fact that you're a national champion. I got to give it to Chloe Dublin on this one. Yeah, um, and this one was tough too. I think you follow Amanda. Um, I need to follow Amanda, but her private her account's private. Um, yeah, and that's that's another thing. Like we don't like you, yeah. you, when you're private, you don't come up on Explorer, you don't come up on King of Lifts, you don't come up on any of these things. But she's she's about as good as a lifter as yeah. uh, as you know some she of the top eighty four pluses. At her last meet, if she hits that and she can make a couple some progression on the other ones, she could challenge Bonica. That's yeah. just kind of one of those big what ifs. Like this is this is one where if if it went with Amanda, I don't think I'd argue. I could see this, but I think it's going to be hard to take this away from Chloe until it's proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that one's. I, I guess the 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 Sarah Bren, uh, Brennan one and the and this one is just hard because of the weight class changes and yeah, just the the few weight class changes that we're getting and just comparing someone to a lifter who's as good as Bonica. Yes. It, it's it's just so difficult for them. And I think they got, I, I think they really got shafted because of that. But I just, again, former national champion really can't argue against that. That And that, that's a big one for me. It's just like new weight class is one thing, but yeah. when you're that's former national that, champion, I mean, that's a big, that's a, that's same a big thing happened with me with Christine, Kristen and Tina when it was so close. If, if I mean, Chloe and Amanda literally were some, there was a bunch of tiebreakers for me, but there's some things going back and I, I go back national champion 2019 for Chloe, Kristen national champion, 2018, even though it's not, and we're talking about 2021 and we're really harping on 2021 when we don't have anything else, we need some kind of tiebreaker and national champion performing at that highest stage pulling for the win and winning um check mark goes to chloe for that yeah i'm kicking right now yeah it seems like this is i i I mean a lot of those midlanders don't uh post um on social media a whole ton but like just looking at it it seemed uh, actually this is interesting this is something like i would like to talk to her about because looking at raw nationals in her last meet from chloe dublin it seems like a sandbag kind of meet that's why I wonder if she didn't peak for it. But but here's I assume she probably won that easily. Yeah. So we don't know what she can do. It was her first ever equipped meet, so we can't compare equipped and say, oh, she's progressed equipped, so we know she's actually like progressed. We don't know because she hasn't competed equipped before. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say because yeah, it's something that maybe how far were they in dates too? That was pretty few. About three months. Yeah. Maybe that that could have played a factor, but yeah, looking at Raw Nationals, um, missed 180 on squat. So I mean, just completely speculating possible injury. I don't know. Could you just flat out? It's not sandbagging. Just flat out missed. Then bench 10 kilos lower, and then her deadlift is quite lower as well. So it looks like a mix of sandbag and possibly maybe, you know, some, some injuries there as well, but I don't know. Like that's yeah. what happens she's, when she's you don't dealt with back injuries before. So I don't know if that's an issue, which I mean, she just pulled 496 in equipment, maybe in equipment. We don't know. Sometimes, sometimes like Austin mentioned, he doesn't actually pull in a deadlift suit. Um, a lot of people don't cause a deadlift suit doesn't really help so much, but maybe she could pull 496 raw. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get, I didn't see that footage and I don't think she posted. she definitely didn't post it on her Instagram. So haven't been able to see that, but yeah, that, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess I'll still have to give the the nod to Chloe on that one. Actually, you know what? I'm contradicting myself. 
Because I gave it to Tina on my vote, even in spite of Chris... Nah, no, defending national champions different. Nah, I give it to Chloe. I've been back and forth on this one way too much. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Chloe. Not even that it matters, because it's 2-1 to one anyway. So it's just a moot point at that point. So I guess we get a, a clean sweep there for Chloe, even though it was uh, a contentious debate between the both of us and, I guess, my own mind for this one. I was really going through inner turmoil um, with uh, Chloe and Amanda Martin. And now to our last one, we got uh, Bonica Brown versus... Um, Stephanie Scoville. Steph- Stephanie Scoville. And Stephanie Scoville, based on her numbers, very good lifter, but you're going against a goat. Yep. Hey, Bonica, Bonica's a goat. Like, th- I think she's is... another private account person, right? Yes. yes. And I think super team. private. Like, not... Like, I can't see, I don't think she really is active on social media or looking at her numbers on it's Like, yeah, I don't, I don't so, see a whole lot. Stephanie is coming in ranked second for the 69 kilo class. So this is, she's a underrated 15 seed. Like if she wasn't going to go against Bonica, this would probably be a little bit more of an argument as well as like, if we could see her lifts and be able to have a little bit more insight of kind of how her training's going, we might be able to make a little bit more of an argument here, but she is a phenomenal lifter she did that uh oh she actually did compete so she just can she did actually move up in a weight class already i was wondering if she had moved up weight class um so she had moved up a weight class um in her last meet and competed right at 152 so obviously she was already planning to be at 76 she competed in december in a 1062 total which is phenomenal but like we said i mean stephanie could be challenging for 69 kilo champion if it wasn't for chandler bad because chandler bad i'm going back to it that she would be someone to maybe get on this podcast because she is going to be a name that everyone knows soon enough because yeah. she's going to put up a phenomenal total. Stephanie's right behind her, but just based off of recency, Stephanie totals 1062. That's about 70 pounds off of Chandler. So she's probably looking at her ceiling of second and she's probably looking at battling with Kristen and Ellen Liverpool and Claire eye and Paige Hubbard. Like there's actually a lot of people stacked there at 69 for that kind of second spot. So Stephanie's ceiling is second floor probably fifth or sixth if people progress or maybe Steffi doesn't have a great day but she's going against Bonica Bonica's if, if this was this is goes back to like the David Ricks the LS argument if this was talking about greatest lifter of all time um Bonica wins and he but he's not like, like sweeps the women's no problem yeah but also but on top of that we're not talking about David Ricks and Alice McLean who have competitors who have surpassed them over the years yeah, no one's no one surpassed her. Bonica. This is we're talking. Not only is she that as far as her accolades go in the past, she is currently that person. She is currently every bit as successful as Amanda Lawrence, as Danielle Mello, as Heather Connor in the way they dominate a weight class, and on top of that, dominate another division as well, single ply. Yep, and it is interesting. So her raw total has kind of creeped. Bonica's raw totals creeped down a little bit but her equip total has gone up. So I, I don't want to say she's gotten weaker or peaked by any means. She's still young. She's only 31. It seems like it almost seems like she's a bit older because she's literally been competing since she was 14 and competing in the ITF IPF since she's 15. So she's only 31. She's still progressing Bonica. So um, it's not like she's going to be tapering off. Um, she is still the queen of that weight class. Um, I think she gets underrated because like Amanda and Daniela probably take the, they get the queen label, but Bonica, she's been dominant for years upon years upon years. She looks to be the favorite for sure going into this year. And like we said, we're really hoping to see 
her possibly get challenged, not because she regresses, but because she progresses, but also Sarah and Amanda start knocking on her door. That would be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, Bonica's going to take this one. Um, nothing against Stephanie. Stephanie's looking at a possible second place finish at Raw Nationals. She just ran into a, a, a queen of the USAPL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, I guess uh, underrated label can be thrown to, uh, you know, Queen B, but it just, it, it is what it is, I guess, with uh, this how lifters view things. But yeah, I think two seed could easily be a one seed. Um, also, the just a funny realization I had. So Stephanie Scottville looked on her Instagram, uh, you know, post some lifting things. It doesn't seem, lifting doesn't seem to dominate her life like it does with all of us. And here's the funny thing I'm thinking of. We're talking about her on a podcast and covering and breaking it down. And there's a chance that she just never going to realize it or even give a shit and be like, oh, cool. She does, okay, well, I guess you do follow her. Does she follow you back? No, but like, but like, uh, it'll be funny. It's like, okay, we did this podcast and like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I have, my other, I have my other. I have my other. We tagged and put in this. They were like, "What is this? I don't get what it is, but it's cool." Yeah. Maybe we'll. I think we had. Maybe we'll, we'll up our our women listeners from this, which was the hope. I mean, we're we're trying to. Yeah, we're yeah. both sides. We got thirty two women that are amazing. Um, we want to promote them and get some spread some light on them. So yeah, I think be yeah, it's just a funny like in. you never have that. I I guess in some sports you do have it. There are some athletes who's like I don't listen to media because I don't care about it. I just do my job. But it's funny that, you know, lifting dominates so many of our lives and, you know, Instagram dominates so many of our lives and social media. Then this person is, I, I, I really just want to imagine them seeing or letting this thing do a podcast like these fucking dorks are talking about me for 10 minutes about a thing I do as a hobby. Like, what are they, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that happens. I don't know. I mean, I hope they're obviously very nice, but I also kind of hope they're like, yeah, dude, I just do other things, man. I just kind of lift, you know, I'm good at it, but you know, I, I go and live my life. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. Cause that, I mean, that was only really the only situation where I'm like this based on what I've seen from other people, fitness, uh, they have either some sort of profession that relates to fitness. It doesn't seem to be the case in this situation, but well, we got the first two brackets set between the notorious re- or the notorious lift region and the stoic region. We are going to do the other regions next because these episodes are looking like they're going to be two hours about how we discuss at least with the first round. This is why it's March Madness. March Madness is a March Madness because of the lead eight and the final four. It's because of the first two rounds. Yeah, that's the most exciting. Oh, no, man. I just say, yeah, it's, that, that's where you get the upsets. We're gonna probably I mean, we'll still maybe have some upsets here, but we, we definitely had some. Oh, we have, we, had... we got more incoming between um, Jonathan was probably the biggest one um, by far. I mean, based on the fan voting, Connor was an upset apparently. Delaney is probably an upset over LS. We definitely had some upsets, so um, we'll, we'll have some fun. Yeah, absolutely, and also on, on top of that, we. Uh, we're going to get into more contentious debates as the next round comes in because that's when it's going to get really interesting with the fans and because everyone's going to be popular, right? Yeah. Moving on, everyone's going to be mostly popular. When we start talking about who's the better lifter between some of these seedings, it's going to get real, real interesting of our conversations. But yeah, I guess that's going to do with the first installation. We're going to get through the other brackets soon. 
We will see you guys Monday. Thank you for voting. We will release... What do you want to do? Want to release the brackets fully Monday? Or show the winners... We'll have to talk about it because we got to see because we got to figure out the schedule for what we're going to do because it would be tough to release the brackets and then the next day we have to release the next round for voting. We might need a little gap there, so we got to figure out a schedule for that since after this week it's not going to take two episodes. It's just this week takes two episodes, so we got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we we will have to discuss that. But you guys already know because you listen. Yeah, Monday we'll release the results for sure, at least online. Yeah, well, you guys already know. See how many people get pissed at us for some of these without any context. Can't wait. Cannot wait for that. When I see people get like, uh, how can you come up with a decision and not read any of the rules? It is. It makes my day. I love, I love doing that to people. But that will do it for the first installation of Two White Lights March Madness. Remember, we have the Leffler Bros region and the Project Strength region coming up next episode. So... Congratulations, you listened to it, and you know who won already. Get ready for the second installation coming soon. All right, peace!